football, baseball, basketball, anything sports. Auburn's 91.1 FM WEGL presents the scoreboard with your co-hosts, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcomed at 334-844-9345 or follow them on Twitter at Jacob underscore Hillman 3 or at Bay underscore Marks. Now, let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. And hello, welcome to the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM or if you're streaming live on WeagleFM.com, we welcome you to the show today. Thursday, November 12th, Bay Marks as always sitting alongside Jacob Hillman. Jacob, how are you today? I'm doing well. We've got some beautiful weather after a lot of rain and we avoided Hurricane Ada, but also Tiger Eldrick Woods. Mark Eldrick Tiger Woods is minus four at Augusta National, top 10 at the Masters, so it's a great day. It is day one, but he is defending that yeah, Masters don't, title. Don't do that to me. Exactly. He's I'm seeing you're wearing the green Masters hat. I am. I don't I, think I've ever seen you I'm wear that before. Yeah, I, I save it for Masters week. Okay. Don't, don't That's worry a, about It's appropriate. That. Exactly. Well, it is finals week like you were mentioning, and it was supposed to be Auburn versus Mississippi State week. It was also supposed to be a lot of different games going on this week in the college football world, which include Georgia at Missouri, Texas A&M at Tennessee, and Alabama traveling to Baton Rouge within the SEC. Other games around the country being canceled, like the number three um, ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. But nonetheless, we'll get into that first, and later on we'll give our college football predictions for the games that are still going to be played this week. Uh, and then we will go ahead and get into NFL predictions for this week as well. And then we will wrap up the show with Auburn basketball preview slash, I guess you say SEC basketball preview and predictions and whatnot, what we see out of the league. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. Mississippi State and Auburn got postponed due to Mississippi State having an outbreak within their program. I, I would say that's that was kind of the first domino for this set of series of COVID-19. Well, Mike Leach said that they were one player away from not playing last week against Vanderbilt. Because so. they had like... 40 players? Yeah, they are now in the mid-40s, yeah. but I think you had to be at least 53, and they were at 54 before the game against Vanderbilt, and then they dropped down. Yeah, and so Mississippi State uh, and Auburn, their game was canceled, or postponed, I should say, to December 12th, the week between the last week in the SEC Championship. Um, then some other games around the league, like I just mentioned, got canceled as well. Number 12, Georgia was going to go to Missouri. That game was postponed as well. Texas A&M, the number five ranked team in the nation, was going to travel to Rocky Top, and then Alabama, the nation's top team, was going to go down to the Bayou Bengals and play them as well. So um, multiple SEC games this week being postponed or canceled, um, and this is going to have a huge impact not only on the SEC season, but I think right now within the rankings and for the duration of the college football season. Absolutely, because the college football playoff rankings, they come out soon. I'm not sure the exact date, but when you look at teams not playing because of COVID, when you look at Clemson losing because, you know, to Notre Dame when they don't have Trevor Lawrence, it's going to change a lot of these mindsets of the playoff committee and voters in the AP and coaches poll. So I do think that we're going to see a lot of drama when it comes down to it. Now, maybe we won't. Maybe maybe we're going to see some undefeated teams and it'll be kind of obvious. But, you know, if Clemson goes and beats Notre Dame, then we do have some, or as Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship, then we're going to have some drama because you got one loss Clemson, one loss Notre Dame, and you just got a whole lot of, well, Clemson lost because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They won the big game, but then you look at Notre Dame, they've been undefeated up until this point. I think we're going to see a lot of drama. Hopefully not. Hopefully we don't see a team getting screwed out of the playoff spot, i.e. Cincinnati, i.e. BYU. Win Cincinnati. 
Yes, teams like that. I don't want to see them left out because, you know, it is a crazy year. So let's get crazy and put in a group of five team. Why not? It was funny. We were talking about in our apartment last weekend when Notre Dame did upset Clemson. We were like, you know, normally storming the field, like, you, you get a hefty fine. And, you know, it, I mean, besides outside of your fan base, people kind of look at you kind of like, dang, like, that's cool or whatever. It's like Notre Dame rushed the field after they upset Clemson this past weekend. And it was Kind of different this time around. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I'm all for rushing the field. I hope that Auburn students rush the field for the rest of time they, when they beat Alabama at Auburn. I mean, I know it's, you know, whenever Nick Saban leaves, who knows, Alabama might go in the toilet. Who cares? Storm the field still. It's a, it's a yeah. fun tradition. Yeah. Point being, now there's COVID. That was and, crazy. And the exact thing you're not supposed to do, they went out they and did. did. It's a little bit different. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here, and I know a few weeks ago we, we totally, like, went at Justin Turner for going on the field. That's a little bit different. He was tested positive. He's out there without a mask. I'm not going to hate on the students as much because, one, it's an emotional moment, and two, they're college students. You look at Tuscaloosa, you look at Auburn, you look at the bars. They're still packed on Fridays and Saturdays. They're even packed in the middle of the week. I know that that was a thing a few days ago on Tuesday night in Tuscaloosa. There was a bar pack, and it's one of those things where Yes, the students should be smarter. The students should not be doing this. But you give them the platform to do it. If you don't want them to do it, the students shouldn't be at school. It should be completely online. Now, me personally, I'm thankful that we're not completely 100% online because I like having, I like being here in studio doing this radio show. I like going to class and interacting with my fellow classmates. So it's one of those things where I'm not going to blame the Notre Dame students for doing what they did. I wish they were smarter. I wish they didn't do it because it's just a bad look for them. And you never know. It might cause a huge spread there. Maybe it won't, but... I think a big thing, I mean, just back to the point of the fact that this outbreak has happened within the SEC and we've already seen, you know, in other conferences, the way it's spread as well. I think the fact that Auburn's also coming off a bye week, I mean, that's two weeks rest consecutively that a normal college football season wouldn't provide you. Um, The way I look at it, if you're Auburn, this is just an extra... Um, week to rest and prepare. I mean, I think Gus Malzahn was saying the other day in their press conference about how, um, especially after they knew that their game with Mississippi State was going to be canceled, that they had already started looking ahead to Tennessee. It's like, okay, let's keep this Mississippi State stuff in our back pocket, but let's move on. Uh, so the way I look at it, especially after Coach Malzahn said that Auburn did have a lot of guys that were nicked up, bumped up, and needed to rest and recover, I look at it as a positive week for you to sit down, get some ice baths going, um, and with their COVID outbreak, they can't really go to practice and do walkthroughs or anything. So it's kind of be, kind of going to go back to what um, Coach Malzahn was talking about with a lot, more, a little bit more of online stuff for the next few days, maybe the next week or two. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the cases increase on Auburn's football team because if it's limited to the thirteen or twelve that it is right now, because they yeah it was twelve and then they tested one more positive on Wednesday. So ten players and three faculty or three staff members. Yes. That's not the end of the world. And especially if those nine guys that were tested positive originally were on Friday. Because I believe the SEC tests on Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. So if And they hopped on it quick. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it sat there and baked for a few days. So that's why I think that if they tested positive on Friday, they're going to be out of their 14-day quarantine by the day before the Tennessee game. Now, one other thing that I, I'm kind of confused about is there's not or 10 positives now. And then Gus said something about 50-50 between quarantine, like close contacts and positive. So I believe there are 20 players out. 
That's what I'm thinking, but I could be totally wrong. I haven't seen this specific. I don't understand number. how they do the contact tracing. Me neither. Because I don't know if it's memory of like, hey, who did you come in really close with, or is there some kind of technological advancement that we have that can prove stuff like that? Or I know that with they might have it. They might force them to have it because it's one of those things that it's optional for us. It's like it's the we're doing Sentinel testing through it. It's I forget what it's called exactly, but the thing is. It's called GuideSafe. Yeah, GuideSafe. Guide safe. It does it through Bluetooth. Where it, oh, wow. You come in through, if you're close to someone with a Bluetooth, they like send messages and stuff. So if you test positive, you get a notification on your phone. Hey, you came in close contact with someone that tested positive. I don't, I don't know if that's how they do it, but I don't, it just doesn't make any sense to me how, you know, only three of the staffers are quarantined because. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, but it's also like, you know, if, you think 10 of your guys have it, and then it's like maybe more probably do. So The thing is, with them shutting down everything, I don't think it's a big deal to only quarantine three of them. I think that they'll figure out quickly enough if they need to get tested or if they just need to cancel the Tennessee game. Whatever. And obviously, nobody knows who they are. So um, I think that's a big thing as well, as Albert's kind of always been like that. And this is probably one of the better times to be kind of political like that and leave names and positions and stuff out of it as well. So who knows who it is? Um Anyways, point being, we, we, we might find out when, when Auburn plays Tennessee. <laughs> yes, that's true. It, that, that is a factor. And it, it kind of comes down to the protocol of like the Big Ten's like quarantine protocol is a 21 day like process. A little extreme to me. SEC or ACC is at 10. 10 and SEC is either 10 or 14. It, yeah, it's 14. And it's crazy that there's just not a universal thing. I get that the NCAA wants to let the conferences do their own thing. It's almost like, you know, state rights versus. The U.S. government getting involved. It's the same thing. Well, it's almost like you hear back, like, at the beginning when all this was happening was, like, on a cruise ship, like, the virus was supposedly, had supposedly lived on the ship for 17 days. But then now you see stuff like counteracting facts and arguments like, okay, well, after a 10-day quarantine, you should be fine. So I think the two-week thing is kind of better. I think 21 days is honestly kind of ridiculous, especially for a football Absolutely. season. That's going to be, what, seven games? Um, so, anyways, the impact this will have will be great. There will be... Some SEC games this weekend, for instance, South Carolina will travel to Oxford. Um, I'm looking at the schedule right now to see if there's any other. Vanderbilt at Kentucky, what a thriller that one's going to be. So <laughs> There's just different games going on this week. And like I said, the majority of them will be out. And also Felipe Franks, like we mentioned on the game last week, will be traveling back to Florida where he started his collegiate career. Florida had a big win last week. Um, yeah, and also like I was mentioning just now, Justin Fields, who's been making a super – scorching hot start to his Heisman campaign for what's going to probably be his last year in college football. He has to sit out this week as well now, which it kind of comes down to the fact as well as like how many games you have to sit out is going to hurt your Heisman chances because Trevor Lawrence has sat out two games and if he would have played against Notre Dame, that buddy, that would have propulsored him to be first in the Heisman race. Well, let's look at it this way also. If Indiana goes on and goes undefeated. Indiana. Yes. And Ohio State goes undefeated. Indiana's gonna have more games than them, yeah, and therefore they'd be because they the they don't postpone their games exactly. It's a cancellation. They're, so, how does it work out? Who knows? Yeah. Well, point being is just the fact that you've seen like we were mentioning Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. They got off to that hot dynamic start as well. Kyle Trask was like top two in the Heisman race with Trevor Lawrence, and then they had to sit out because Dan Mullen wanted to pack the stadiums. <laughs> so he his Heisman race. Um, Contendmanship dropped. He's back up there now. He's back up there. Uh, yeah, he's back up there now, especially after torching Georgia. I hey, I told you last week, Florida over Georgia. Um, but I think that's going to have a similar effect. It's already having a similar effect on Trevor Lawrence, and I think it's going to have a similar effect on 
Justin Fields, because I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a few places that have not only Mac Jones, but Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence right now. I, and it's probably due to those games. I get it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where Trevor Lawrence just has played the games and Clemson lost. I think that kind of shows why he should win it more, but it's not a most valuable player award. It's the best player award. Yeah. You're right. Even the MVP in the professional leagues isn't the it's most really, valuable. Yeah. It should be renamed. But at, at this point... You really like. I really kind of started seeing Justin Fields. I mean, running away with this race. I mean, like I said, he got off to a scorching hot start. I need to look up his stats real quick because it's, it's kind of, it's kind of insane. Yeah, I'm almost got him. But the thing is, Ohio State's so good too. He's got 908 passing yards. He's 72 for 83. Yeah, his completion. I mean, I think he was near perfect, if not his first game of the year this year against Nebraska. He, he was 20 of 21 and 11 touchdowns to zero interceptions. So. Yeah. His QBR is 96.2. He's thrown for nearly 1,000 yards in three games. So you tell me who's your leader in the Heisman race right now. Uh, Kyle Field. Kyle Trask. Kyle Field, but, the home of the Texas A&M Aggies. Kyle, Kyle Trask, Trask is my leader. We and picked him at the beginning of the he year. He will be my leader until he loses it. But, no, Justin Fields is definitely the front runner if he keeps Do you not see up. that A&M game being a setback for him, though? A little bit, but the way he bounced back against Georgia – no. Yeah. And I, th- I think what we'll see going down the road. Now, are they still giving the Heisman now? I gotta look that up. It's normally the first weekend of December. It's pot- It'll probably be pushed back. Yeah, it's because no- yeah. It's only SEC championship, championship. Or after, no, second weekend of December. Um, But yeah, Justin feels like we were mentioning. I mean, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, 908 yards through three games. I mean. They're still doing it on December 12th. Okay. So that means Kyle Trask will not get to prove himself against Alabama. Yeah. That's oof. Interesting. Well, honestly, we could probably see that get pushed back later in the season. I mean, who knows? That's a month away from today. Yeah. So I I don't see why they wouldn't push it back. You kind of do need to push that back. But I we picked Kyle Trask at the beginning of the season. Or, uh, yeah, at the beginning of the season a few weeks ago. I'm changing my pick. Justin Fields. Yeah. I'm sticking with my man. Kyle Trask, not Kyle Field. Kyle Trask. Hey, he is named after Kyle Field, though. He is. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I'm going to use that excuse. I forgot about that. Well, COVID-19 has hit the SEC. On the other side of the break, we will talk about the SEC and the games coming up this weekend, along with the rest of the college football world, what the docket has in store for us in this coronavirus-infected college football world. You're listening to the scoreboard. Catch us on the other side, WGL 91.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find The Scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts. Welcome back into The Scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay Marks. And we did just talk about the negative part of this week, but we're going to talk about what college football games are going to occur this weekend because that makes us a lot happier. Let's look. On Saturday, nothing on Friday going. I mean, do you think one in five East Carolina is going to be undefeated Cincinnati? Because I don't. So moving to Saturday, number nine Miami against unranked Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's actually favored in this game, Bay. I am picking Virginia Tech because I think this Miami team is just set up for collapse. You know, this is. This is a classic setup for that first one of the first games after college game day leaves the screen on ESPN, where a ranked team goes on the road and loses by like a field goal or like either by a field goal or is by like three touchdowns. 
Um, but I will not waver from Rhett Lashley. I will stick with Rhett Lashley and the Hurricanes. Um, I think, like we've mentioned it all throughout the semester, we really didn't know how his offense would pan out in a Power 5 conference. I mean, he's he's tearing it up. He is. I mean, he, he's got a good offense. Um, I like what Miami looks like this year. They're kind of. I mentioned it a week or two ago. I like where they sit right now. I don't see them making a playoff push or anything, especially with Notre Dame and Clemson in their conference. But uh, I like where they're at right now, and I think that they'll they'll win very slimly against Virginia Tech. Yeah, and it's just what I saw from them against NC State. I thought in the middle of the game. It was close. NC State, State had a lead this, they in did. the fourth quarter. They were up 10, I believe. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where I was like, all right, this is where Miami falls apart. They came back. So this is either going to be Miami continuing that drive to a great season or – it's about to go downhill. You think Virginia Tech upsets? I think Virginia Tech technically, I mean, based off rankings, they upset, but you think they're the betting favorite. It might it might be a little bit more even what people think. I believe so. But I still think Miami on the road, like I said, squeaks one out. Because I do believe that Virginia Tech gets a lot of on the ranking side, they're not getting the love because of the COVID concerns they had. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where because they lost to Liberty, I give them no Liberty's good. Yeah. And they, Willis, they good. that one out. So. Yeah. Looking around, let's, let's look at the toilet bowl. Penn State, Nebraska, two winless teams that one of them begging, begging the Big Ten to play football, and then Penn State just has not panned out. Oh, man. I mean, Penn State, what do we start? They lose the first game of the year um, on the road to an Indiana team. Everybody picked them to win. They were, they were sounding like they were going to contend with Ohio State. They did only lose to Ohio State by a score, or uh, two scores at home. So... They're not terrible, and I think Talia Tagovailoa is a lot better than what people think, so I think that's why he looked so great against them last week. But I'm still going to pick them. I will not pick Nebraska until they give me a great reason why to. I don't think Scott Frost has done a whole lot with that program so far. Um, I think Sean Clifford bounces back this week. He only has nine touchdowns and five interceptions on the year, uh, but I like I like him. I mentioned a few weeks ago I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, so give me Sean Clifford and the Nittany Lions. I like Clifford, too, and that's why I'm going to pick Nebraska. I mean, Penn State. And, you know, it's just Penn State might not be as bad as we are making them out to be. Yeah. But the 0-3 mark I mean, looks bad. The way that their opponents have looked so far this year, I mean, granted, Maryland lost, was it Maryland that lost to Rutgers? Maryland lost to Rutgers. It was Rutgers, and it was because it I was picked them. to three. Yeah, I picked them, but well, if you look back. at their yeah, that's if you look at their opponents, one's two and one, one's undefeated and won't be playing this weekend. And then Indiana, the first opponent they've had this year, they're three and zero. Oh. So so far, it looks like they've had a tough go about it. So I, I like them. I think they win. Looking at the Big Twelve, TCU, West Virginia. West Virginia has a good defense this year. Yeah, I, I like West Virginia. You know, TCU. They've been that team kind of this year and in recent memory that's kind of sat around the 500 mark like they are right now. They're 3-3, three and three, and they take that one game and they upset their opponent. I mean, um, but West Virginia, they're 4-3 and three on the year. Like you mentioned, they have a good defense. They allow under 20 points a game. Um, I really, really like West Virginia just at home in an 11 a.m. game. I like them probably by two scores. Yeah, I, I do like West Virginia because their defense is actually competent. For once. They're only a three-point favorite. They are, and I do think that T- TCU, we talked about their quarterback, uh, Max Duggan. That that dude is a baller for TCU, and I think he'll be good next year, but right now it's, he's still working things out as a sophomore. I so. think Jarrett Doge is going to be the key difference, too, for West Virginia. It looks like he only has three interceptions on the year. He's thrown for already over 2,000 yards and 11 tutties, 
And at wide receiver, he has Letty Brown, who already has almost 750 receiving yards and almost has 10 touchdowns on the year. So West Virginia looks like they might be airing it out. Yeah, they're airing it out. And like I said, the defense is there, which is a miracle for them. Let's look at the SEC. Florida, Arkansas. Does Arkansas pull off the upset? In Felipe Franks' return, you would probably think so, but I don't. I like where Arkansas is heading. Sam Pittman deserves to be coach of the year in the SEC no matter how they finish. Um, they're a lot better than their record indicates. Obviously, they probably could have and should have beat Auburn. Um, but I think Florida, coming off that Georgia win last week, I just think they've started to get back in a roll, uh, especially after losing to Texas A&M on the road. I really like Florida. I like their offense. Like we just talked about with Kyle Field. I like Kyle Trask. <laughs> 22 touchdowns and three interceptions on the year. I like him. Unfortunately, Sam Pittman will not be coaching this game due to yes. testing positive for COVID-19. Yes. And I really want to pick Felipe Franks in his return. But without Sam Pittman and Florida decimating Georgia last weekend. And it's a night game in the swamp. I'm sticking with Kyle Field Trask. Give me the Gators. I think that he's going to ball out again. Do we think that they're going to cover the 17.5 point spread? Um, You know what? No, they don't. With Sam Pittman, I would agree. I would, yes. But I'm going to say at Florida wins by 20. Or that's sorry, my mind didn't speak what I was trying to say. You think Jordan, I, yeah, I think they win by like three touchdowns? Yeah, with Sam Pittman, I think it's a probably a two or one score game. But mm-hmm. yeah, it it'll be interesting to see how that game goes because he I just, mean, Arkansas showing out, and Florida is obviously they just seem dominant on offense. He just brings a fire to that team. You saw it on SEC Inside. I think it was was it after their Tennessee game? I think it was when they were in the locker room and he does that thing where they called the pigs, and then <laughs> he does the thing where everybody like shuts up and he goes. Turn that music up. Yeah, that gets that gets me it's fired so, up. It's so he, he has fun with it. He does. And that's great to see. Love love him. Great coach. In the Big Ten, one of the games that is not canceled: Wisconsin and Michigan. Michigan's bad. Wisconsin's only played one game. They probably will not be with Grant. With they probably will not be with Graham Mertz, the quarterback from the starting game. We went twenty for twenty-one, two hundred forty-eight yards, and five touchdowns. Where we see this going? I still like Wisconsin on the road. Um, like you're just mentioning, Michigan's not that good. They won their first game against Minnesota, and everyone's like, okay, like, you know, that was a great Minnesota team coming back, rowing the boat, and then they end up losing their next two to a terrible Michigan State team, and then they lost on the road by 17, embarrassingly, to the Hoosiers. So um, I like Wisconsin. I think that they go on the road in this game as a 630 in the big house. I think they take down Big Blue. Yeah, Wisconsin's going to win this. I think Jim Harbaugh is whoop, on the way out. Uh, he should have been. Uh, probably a year or two ago. He, but after he loses by sixty to Justin Fields, then he'll be out. That's when it'll happen. But but Justin's gonna be gone next year. Give me one more year, I promise. <laughs> and then good one. Still gets crushed by ten scores. Stay in the Big Ten. Number twenty three, Northwestern undefeated against two and zero Purdue. I like Northwestern in this game. They have a solid defense. They're only allowing twelve points a game. Uh, their rushing yards are only allowing a little over one hundred twenty a game as well. I don't think Purdue will be able to score on them as well. Just give me the Northwestern. I really like Northwestern in this game. Yeah, I like Northwestern's defense. Only 12 points per game. That looks really solid. I mean, they only gave up three to Maryland. Yeah, that that was the game I was thinking of. And it doesn't look as bad for Maryland anymore because no. I remember last year Northwestern was not good. And here they are. They're back and they're doing better. Now, of course, the other two wins are against teams, eh, who knows, Iowa and Nebraska. Nebraska, probably not that good. Iowa, it seems like they show up here and there. I'm still picking Northwestern because of that defense. 
I don't know if Purdue's going to keep up the offense that they've been producing pretty well lately. So they're only decent because their strength coach is ginormous. North, it's not like we haven't. Yeah, it's not like we haven't seen that video from an ESPN account thirty times over quarantine. So, so that is exactly why during quarantine I unfollowed ESPN Sports Center that. and all those. All those accounts that just repost and post the stuff that's not Yeah, let me be the social media manager for ESPN. Yeah, I'll do a lot better than that. I'm getting to a breaking point of doing that. I've unfollowed a lot of. (laughs) I've started. I've done a social media cleanse since I got to Auburn. That's smart, and it's continued throughout quarantine. So, uh, yeah. All right, let's let's look at a Group of Five matchup: SMU and Tulsa. SMU number nineteen. They're seven and one against three and one Tulsa. Tulsa, remember, they held Oklahoma State to 16 points, and they've won every game since then. Do we think Tulsa stands a chance? They're favored, but this SMU offense averages over 40 points a game. Now, granted, SMU did lose to Cincinnati by nearly 30 points as well. This one's kind of a toss-up in my opinion, but I'm going to give it to the Mustangs. Yeah, I have to agree. I, like you said, the 40 points per game. You'd like to pick Tulsa in a night game at home, the dangerous territory for a visiting Mustang Same, team. But I'm not sure what they're doing ba- attendance-wise. So that Let's see. Let's mm. see. They do have tickets available, so they do have fans. I don't know how many they're allowing again. But yeah. you're right. It's one of those things where in a normal year, I'm probably hammering this Tulsa game. Yeah, exactly. This Tulsa team. This year, though. I, I, yeah. I'm going to say with SMU, I think, the be- I think they're the better team, and I think they'll win. Agreed. Even though Tulsa's defense looked so good against Oklahoma State, and they had in the last two weeks. See, that's another thing. ECU and USF, not great this year. And UCF, they're okay, but squeaked out a win against them. So, I think, did I miss anything? Are you filling out your pick That's all you need to worry about when it comes to finding out what games you want to talk about. I actually about. did that yesterday because that, we did it during the extra points. So okay. We, we, we were able to do that. Okay. But... Iowa, Minnesota. Let's look at that. That's tomorrow night in the Big Ten. We'll finish off with that. Are you rowing the boat or are you riding with the Hawkeyes? I cl- I picked the Hawkeyes. Um, just because, like I was saying earlier, Minnesota picked in that first game, had high expectations coming off a great bowl game victory against Auburn. Their defense, I mean, just even statistically, they are just so bad. Allowing 36 points a game, allowing nearly 500 yards a game. And this Iowa team, if they're even remotely decent on offense, which it looks like they are, they should, keyword should win this game. I'm going to give Iowa on, get Iowa's win on the road and move them to 2-2, two and two, and the Golden Gophers continue to dig a hole at 1-3. and three. Yeah, give me the Hawkeyes. And coming off that big one against Michigan State, I think they're going to they're gonna bounce out. They're, they'll be fine this year. Minnesota, not so sure about that. Will, you know, will they be rowing the boat to the SEC? Who knows? On the other side of the break, we're going to look at the NFL. And, you know, we're starting to get down to the playoff races. So, big predictions coming up on the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM. We're already halfway done with the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can find more Weagle content at WeagleFM.com or on social media at Weagle underscore AU. And we're back. This is the scoreboard 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming on WeagleFM.com, this is Bay Mark sitting alongside Jacob Hillman, 91.1 FM. If you want to call in and be a part of the scoreboard, feel more than welcome at 334-844-9345. 334-844-9345. And speaking of calling in, we have a longtime caller, a very very respectable and personal caller, long-time, Daniel from Helena. 
listener, longtime caller. Yes, longtime listener, longtime caller. You know him, you love him from Helena, Alabama. Alabama. Ugh. It is Daniel. Daniel, how are you today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are my two favorite co-hosts in the world doing today? I'm making it. Making it. That is, I think that's the correct term. So we got one more week left in the semester before Thanksgiving and then finals. For those of you that don't know, like the school year portion of Auburn University, this is the, this is the time when your professors and instructors give you a bunch of assignments and quizzes and <laughs> exams, and then you turn right back around and grind it out for finals. So this is definitely the home stretch. Um, but glad to have Daniel on the show today. We're going to talk to him for a little bit. We're going to get into it like Jacob said before the break. Week 10 in the NFL this week coming up. Uh, a lot of good matchups this week. We had a lot of fun matchups last week as well. One of them being the Saints, or not the Saints, excuse me, the Steelers continuing to be undefeated against the Cowboys. Um, they stand alone as the only undefeated team left in the NFL. So we'll go ahead and get to it. A team that the Steelers did defeat not too long ago, the Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts at home. Jacob, who do you like here? Good question. I don't know. And I'm going to pick. Don't act like you're not going to pick Tennessee. I'm picking the Titans. Okay. But I really, I mean, the Colts are favored, and I really like what that Colts defense does. I think that Colts defense can suffocate Derrick Henry and keep him from running wild on them. Yeah, but to me, it just kind of comes down to the fact that, you know, Tennessee, they look really good this year, too. I know Indianapolis, I mean, they're good as well. Phillip Rivers has kind of changed the whole dynamic of what they're doing in Indianapolis right now. They are 2-3 and three in their last three games with their lone loss coming to the Baltimore Ravens, but their other two wins are against the Lions and the Bengals. So I like Tennessee. I think overall they're just a better team at home on Thursday night football tonight. I like them. Um, Daniel, let's go ahead and talk about your Saints while we got you on the line, man. San Francisco traveling <laughs> to New Orleans. Let's look at like last week. Okay. Let's look at last week first. Well, and before we even get to that, Daniel was at an NFL game last week. He was. Daniel I- got to watch the Falcons at – in the Mercedes Stadium. How was that, Daniel? Well, um, in a way, it was a little bit demeaning because I had to wear a Matt Ryan jersey. That was the deal <laughs> I had to make. Sorry about that. But getting past that, it was awesome. Yeah, I, um, it was, it was kind of like being in enemy territory. Yeah. So what was the atmosphere like? Because I know that's obviously been the big thing. Now, of course, it's a Falcons game, so it might have been more normal than, <laughs> than, yeah, than sure. other games. But was there still a bit of an atmosphere there? If I'm being honest, I'm not trying to sound like like a brat or anything, but no. Yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. yeah, it wasn't that they're not doing fake crowd noise and that really they they probably should cuz it's just embarrassing. Probably felt like a practice game or like a spring college football game or something probably. Yeah, I've had more fun at Saints Priest or not more fun. It was fun. That don't get me wrong, but there's been a better atmosphere at Saints preseason game. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Saints, though, like you were talking about with the Saints <sighs> last week. Yeah. 38 to 3. Was that the score? Something. Golly. Yeah. I, I almost Woo. fell asleep. The Saints may look, may Tom Brady look like, like he's the greatest of all time or something. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing I went in that week. I think we, I think. Several weeks ago, we were doubting the Bucks and stuff, and you know, I started to believe in them a little bit. I wasn't all the way bought into them. And then we picked the Bucks last week because the Saints weren't looking too hot lately. Well, that completely shifted because, I mean, they keep showing the FPI things. Chances to win the NFC South, and it just completely flipped. The Bucks had like a 65% chance to win it, and now they only have like a 30% chance to win it. it I was shocked by that performance. And, you know, Tom Brady, it seems like, always has these games. Every year with the Pats, he had a game where they just did not show up for. 
Remember the Chiefs game back in 20, whatever year they won, I think against the Seahawks, the Super Bowl. They had that game against the Chiefs where they got blown out on Monday Night Football and everyone freaked out and said, is the dynasty over? Is the dynasty over? I don't think this is the same situation. I think the Bucs are they're more talented than the Patriots. Not ever were, but have been in recent years. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they, how they perform in the playoffs because I do not think the Bucs can beat the Saints. That, that's just what I saw. I don't know. And there's, anyway, they already lost to the Saints once this year. And then they just got dismantled by them this past weekend. So it's hard for me to imagine them beating them in the playoffs. Daniel, do you think do, do, if, if the Saints had to face the Buccaneers in the playoffs, would you be scared at all? Um, no. And it kind of, what I'm using for precedent there is during the 2017 2018 season, we swept your Panthers in the season, played them in the wild card, and then beat them there too. Yeah. That, that so is true. I think, I think we'd be okay. But, or one thing that scares me is playoff Tom Brady. Well, eh, Tennessee can be in week beat. <laughs> Logan Ryan has something to say about that. Well, real quick, Daniel, while we got you, y'all host the San Francisco 49ers this week. How much do you like the Saints buy? <laughs> um, give me 24. Okay, 24 at home against the reigning NFC champs. That... Do, they do not have... There's an asterisk. <laughs> There's a big asterisk. <laughs> There's an asterisk, and his name is Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, etc. Monster, yeah. <laughs> the oh, entire man. team. Still. <laughs> That's pretty bold, though. I like that, Daniel. I, I like the Saints at home as well. Um, what boy. kind of momentum do you think the Saints are about to carry into the rest of the season? Um. Well, if we can get this win on Sunday, I think it'll really carry. Because the schedule's but not I difficult until the Chiefs game. Yeah, that's... That's the one of that and the Vikings game on Christmas are the only two really I've left scheduled or circled on the schedule this year. Gotcha. Well, but yeah, anything else to say? Um, no. All right. Well, good luck to your Saints because I think they're going to go on about a 10 game winning streak before they lose to the Chiefs. So thank you for joining us as always, Daniel. Call back. You know, whenever, hey, you know, we haven't talked about this might be the last. Live show the semester, but maybe yeah. We'll call back whenever maybe. we're back on the air. We'll do, guys. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, Dave. Daniel. Well, that's very ambitious to like him and the Saints at home by that much. But we'll move on. I agree. I like having confidence in your that's, team. That's what I did. That's what I did last week with your Packers. Yeah. Hey. Well, hey. Now it could be opposite. He's confident in his team. You were not confident in your team. Well, we'll I'm confident in my team this week. We'll go ahead and touch on that. Green Bay at home against Jacksonville. Pretty easy pick. Green Bay on a roll. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. I don't so. know what the spread is, but the Packers are covering. 13 and a half. Cover. I say the Packers win by 17. Yeah. Um, and we can go ahead and hit on your team as well. Where's your team at, Jacob? Bucks. Okay. This yeah. is interesting. It really is. But it's at home for y'all. I. You know what? I don't wait. Do is this you, in our pick em for Weagle? I mean, all the NFL games are. Okay, I think I picked Tampa Bay, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, for no reason, I'm really tempted to pick y'all. Honestly, I don't remember my pick em. I'm mad at that, but... I might text Jared and tell him to change my pick. Right now, I really want to pick the Panthers. Pick Teddy the, B. The Panthers? Pick Teddy games, B. I mean, only lose by two to the Chiefs? At the Chiefs. Keep pounding. Panthers. I, I, by a field goal. If I didn't pick the Panthers and if Jared Dillard hey, ever hears us, change it. Joey Sly is actually going to make a 60-plus yard field goal to win. God, Matt, That's my prediction. Matt Rule's like, yeah. <laughs> 67 I mean, yards? You got this. He had the leg. What team was that last week that missed a 49-yarder? That was the... 
Cardinals against the yes against the Dolphins. Yes, because I picked Kyler to beat Tua, and because of a 49-yard field goal, which should short. be which should be pretty makeable. Short. Should be pretty makeable. Not even like it went right or left. It was like you said. Um, regardless, moving on. This is going to be a pretty interesting matchup. matchup. Las Vegas hosting Denver. Denver nearly making a comeback last week in Atlanta. Do they make any kind of contest out of this game in Las Vegas? Drew Locke has been playing really well, and he's really got that swag that you love from a young player that is going to be exciting. He's going to get the fans excited. But I don't think it's going to translate this year. I think that the Broncos are looking at 5-11 and or 6-10. and I don't think it's going to be one of their wins. I think the Raiders will win this game. Yeah, I think Drew Locke still has a lot of growing to do. He's got to protect the ball a little bit better. Uh, give me John Gruden. And the Raiders at home. A great matchup between two of the young stud quarterbacks who have already shown out so far this season. Miami hosting Los Angeles. Who do you have in this game and why? This is tough. I really think that Justin Herbert's, I said it last week, and he almost did. They, he was an official review away from getting his his win, his, really his signature win. I think it's going to happen this week against Tua Tungavailoa. I agree. I do think the Dolphins are a good team, and they're going to go down a stretch and maybe make a run at the Bills. They probably need this game if they do want to do that, but I do think the Chargers get the win. I agree. I think that Tua is riding a high right now, and Justin Herbert's still humble and hungry, and I think this will be his game. Like you said, a signature win. He comes out and get this, gets this game, um, and I think that will make Miami chasing them just a little bit harder when, they, when it comes to chasing the Bills. So give us both Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Moving on, Buffalo traveling, traveling across country to the Arizona Cardinals. Two teams that I'd say are pretty – Pretty close in talent, um, and you have, again, just two young stud quarterbacks, a yeah. former Heisman winner, and a guy with a literal bazooka as an arm. <laughs> so who do you have winning this game in the desert? <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bills because last week I remember we said we were thinking, all right, this Seahawks game for them is so important because we picked, we both picked the Seahawks. We said the Bills are going to keep it close, and it's going to really help them down the stretch. Well, my God, it wasn't close, and it's because the Bills won by a lot. Yeah. The Bills aren't favored, but I'll pick the Bills as well. I, I think it's going to be a comeback win. I love Kyler. I love Kyler. So do I. But I'm giving it the Bills by a touchdown. How can you pick against a guy that can throw at the length of four football fields? I, I have nothing to say about that. I mean, it's over when you're playing Josh Allen. Josh Allen and the Bills. They go down early, come back and win it for me. Um, We already talked about New Orleans and San Francisco with Daniel. We'll go ahead and move on. Like I said earlier, the last undefeated team in the NFL, the Steelers hosting Cincinnati. Quick, who do you have and how by how much? Steelers. There's not even a line on this game, but I'm picking them. Well, it's because Ben Roethlisberger might not play. Yeah. I don't – it doesn't matter if he plays or not. Steelers going to win this. And I do think that Joe Burrow is going to play well, but that Steelers offense is going to be too much for the Bengals. Yeah. and Especially, especially coming off the Cowboys game, they're really going to be – They have a chip on their shoulder. They're laser focused. They're, yeah. they're laser focused. I also think that Joe Burrow just gets absolutely no help because he has no O-line at all. I think if he got a better O-line, I think he has plenty of decent weapons around him. He has T. Higgins. He has a great young running back core as well. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I just really think that if he got a better O-line and his defense could make better and more timely stops, they'd be a lot better. So Steelers, chip on their shoulder. New England, real quick, hosting Baltimore. New England has quickly fell off the map of one of the best teams in the NFL. They are now 3-5 and five after squeaking out a win against a horrible Jets team on the road. How much does Lamar Jackson and the Ravens win by on the road? Well, so here's the thing. I don't know how much they're going to win by because I think last year – the Ravens were six and two, also. At the, and this they, year, I forget who said it, but it feels different this year. Baltimore's like, not as good this year. No, they're not, and I still they're going to win this game. But 
I don't think it's going to be by this crazy amount. I think they're going to be right around that spread. They're going to win by a touchdown or so. Yeah. And it's a seven-point favorite. So It's in Foxborough. I, I agree with you. I think Baltimore squeaks out by one score. Um, it might be. I think it's going to be back and forth till the fourth quarter when the Ravens take control of it. And real quick, last before we go to the break, an NFC North matchup, the Vikings traveling to the Chicago Bears. The Vikings have won two straight. Chicago has lost three straight. Who wins this game on ESPN Monday Night Football? So Dalvin Cook or the Bears? The Bears. Yeah, and I, I actually think I might have picked uh, Minnesota for this one. Bay, you did it again. Why? You potentially missed the game of the week. Who is it? Seahawks and Rams. Oh, I did miss it. Well, we both talked about the Rams are frauds, so I assumed you were going to pick Rams against frauds. them. Yeah. Rams are frauds. Seahawks. Seahawks. By a lot. I picked them by a lot in the pick them. The Rams are favored. Well, give me the Seahawks. Seahawks on the road. Or no, it's at home. No, it's on the road. It's at the Rams. Okay. They're still going to buy a lot. <laughs> Last segment of the hour, we're going to talk about Auburn basketball and SEC basketball preview. Don't go anywhere. Baymarks and Jacob Hillman, live on the scoreboard. One more segment before we turn off the scoreboard for the day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the scoreboard with Baymarks and Jacob Hillman. You can listen to us live every Thursday at 4 p.m. on WEGL 91.1 FM or at WEGLFM.com. Welcome back into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or Weagle FM. Dom, for the final segment of the show... Potentially the last live segment of the semester. Hey, let's be positive. If we okay, we'll talk about that real quick though. What's the situation with next week's show on Thursday? Next Thursday, Auburn volleyball versus Tennessee for the regular season. I guess the season finale of twenty twenty is at five o'clock. We go sports. We'll need the studio at four o'clock. So we can't do our show during that time. We might reschedule or we might just podcast. So either way, we're gonna have a show next week. It just won't be live. It might be live, but. It won't be at 4 o'clock on Thursday. So we'll figure that out and you'll know. But let's look at some Auburn basketball. Because today, the media released its preseason rankings, its preseason teams. And Auburn is right in the middle of the pack. Auburn, ranked at 7. Auburn right at 7. No players on the first or second team. So I, mean, I like it. I, I like Auburn being at 7. My dad has preached that my whole life. But it's been more so with Auburn football. As I like, he's like, I love being the underdog. He likes when Auburn picks is picked against. And I think this is the right spot right now. Oh, 100%. You lose a lot of seniors. You lose a potential lottery pick. I mean, this this is probably very accurate for Auburn now. Not saying Auburn's going to finish seventh. I mean, Auburn could finish a lot higher. Auburn could finish a lot lower. They could. And I think, you know, just getting ahead of myself, I think Auburn's going to end up at about the five spot. I think they'll be contending for that four spot with an Alabama and an Arkansas. I'll say right now, I think Auburn is on the bubble going into the tournament and they get in with some late-season wins, mm-hmm. and I think they win a game or two in Nashville. The SEC schedule is going to be a lot different this year. It's going to look a lot different in the SEC. Looking at the all-SEC teams, you got John Petty from Alley on the first team, Keontae Johnson, Brandon Boston, Trenton Watford, and John Fulkerson. All names we're familiar with. John Fulkerson is very familiar with Anthony McElmore. He is. Brandon Boston is a guy... The freshman coming in. Auburn recruited him. He's very, very highly touted. I expect him to be one and done and in the NDA in 2021 through 22. And obviously, we mentioned Auburn doesn't have anyone on this team. And that's because last you're returning only, I remember the number, but it's, it's less than half of your scoring, less than half of your minutes. You basically have guys with experience coming back. Yeah, Alan Flanagan, Devin Cambridge. And technically, Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams didn't really come on the scene until 
the last 10 or so SEC games. And he didn't even play that much. No, it was just didn't. when he played, it was just very valuable stuff he was putting on the court. Exactly. And that's why I think it's okay to be excited and not be super down about this team. But that being said, don't get too excited and expect Auburn to go out and beat Gonzaga on November 27th, whatever date that is. Because they're not going to. Gonzaga's probably going to win that game by double digits. And that's okay because Gonzaga is a great team and Auburn is young. Yeah. This whole entire starting lineup is going to be different. They're going to be working out kinks. The starting lineup on day one, I would not expect it to look the same as it does when SEC play starts. No, I think, and I mean, Auburn really, Bruce said that last year was after losing guys like Horace Spencer, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, and Chumo Kiki, Malik Dunbar, that expect Auburn to shuffle a lot, which Auburn did in the non-com, but Auburn always had those five seniors with Anthony being one of them coming off the bench, and then Isaac and Coro. senior, as Bruce would call him. senior, exactly. Those six were kind of the guys that started and got the majority of the minutes for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the complete opposite this year. I see Auburn starting uh, Sharif, obviously. Sharif will probably start the entirety of the season. Um, Turbo getting some time in at the two with Jamal Johnson. He might switch them back and forth. Devin Cambridge, Allen Flanagan, like we were mentioning. And then some of Dylan Cardwell, Stretch, Jalen Williams. I mean, there's just a lot of those different pieces that you don't know a lot about. The one that probably you know the most about is Devin Cambridge and mm-hmm. Alan Flanagan. And the thing is, I almost, I say that back. I mean, I don't know. Dude, I don't know if Cambridge is going to start. He might not. Because think about it. He'll be a great six man. Because you have Sharif at the one. We'll just say, say Turbo's at the two. Cambridge could be at the two. Flanagan is it, Flanagan will play at the three. He's the best defensive player, and if you play for Bruce Pearl and you're the best defensive player, you're starting. And he's also improved his offensive game. Yeah. So those are your front for or your backcourt in the three. Four is going to be Jalen Williams, just because of what we saw out of him last year. And if it's not, it's going to be JT Thor, but that's going to mean JT Thor, JT Thor is as good as advertised, if yeah. not better. And then at the five is going to be kind of a toss-up between Stretch and Dylan, but Stretch has been here for a year, so he'll probably get that, that nod. I agree with that. So... Like we were mentioning, those guys, it could be this guy, it could be this guy. It's just going to be a lot of shuffling around, which is why Auburn is projected to be in the SEC anywhere from 7th to 10th. I mean, we've seen Auburn be projected even as, as low as ninth or 10th in the league. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's not one of those things, I don't think it's a disrespect thing. We don't know anything about this team no. in reality. We know a little bit about those three guys I mentioned earlier in the segment, but you don't know enough about them to really say, oh, like, Devin Cambridge, I think, will be a star one day. I don't know when that'll be, but yeah. I think by his senior year, he'll eventually be a star in the what SEC. Do, what was Auburn? Do you remember what it, what what we were in position-wise with them last year at this point? Weren't they projected like five or six, I somewhere so. in there? And we all thought, Auburn's got a lot of these guys coming back, but it was the fact that the only ones that played were Austin, Anthony, and a little bit of Dangel, and a little bit of Javon throughout the March Madness, and Samir played a little bit. Right. So. None, none of those guys had crazy on They had more minutes than these, these guys, guys coming in. Year. Exactly. But I think there's enough talent to be excited, but there's not enough experience to, you know, say, oh, man, these guys are talented enough to finish top four because I don't think they're going to finish top four. I think they'll be fifth place in the SEC. And a lot of guys will come back. Because, look, this top five I think is pretty solid. Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, Florida, Alabama. The team I least trust is LSU. I think Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, and Alabama are going to be in the top four. and Musselman with Arkansas, that's up there as well. Not as high, but they're up there as well. I don't trust them 100%. I very much think they could, I mean, hell, they could win the SEC, and it wasn't surprising. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, they are going to be in the top four. I think they could be in the top four. I think they could also finish like eight or nine. I think for me, the biggest surprise is, like you said, LSU. I mean, 
Bama being up there kind of makes sense just because they have so many guys returning. Their recruiting class has been insane. I love Nate Oates, dude. I it love kills me Nate that he Oates. wears crimson and white, but yeah. I love that guy. That was a heck of a hire by Greg Byrne. He, and it makes me so mad. I mean, remember I said it last year and during the Auburn Alabama, I was like, man, this looks a lot like Auburn did two years ago. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to make that Final Four jump. But if I had to make a prediction right now, Alabama will, be, will play in the Sweet 16 this year. Dang. I think they'll play in the Sweet 16 this year. They do make the tournament. Sweet 16 is pretty ambitious. It is. You could also see Auburn making the Sweet 16, maybe. What kind of run do we think they'll make in the SEC tournament? I think that's a better question. Auburn or Bama? Alabama. Yeah. Who knows? We're set up for a treat with SEC basketball this year. Auburn, Al- Auburn, Alabama, Saturday. Auburn, Gonzaga, Black Friday. That's going to be a heck of a Thanksgiving week for Auburn fans. These are playing two number one teams. It's either going to be really exciting or it's going to be encouraging. Who knows? And as we mentioned, this might have been the last live show this semester. So thank you for tuning in all semester long. We're going to be back next week, whether it's podcast or at a different time. But until 2021, it's been Bay Marks, Jacob Hillman, signing off on the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. This has been the scoreboard on 91.1 FM WEGL with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com and following us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.